Good morning and welcome church family. So glad that you are all here today. Those of you who are here and lots that are online. I'm going to invite Terry up for the majority of the announcements. So many announcements. I am here to remind you about the Christmas breakfast next Sabbath morning. I think the email says that it starts at 9.30. Bring your things for breakfast and have them ready to serve. And what else do I need to say about that? I think that's pretty much it. We all have a lovely time. Oh, there will be no Sabbath schools, so everybody will be down there. And then I just want to report that I delivered the elementary school gift cards on Wednesday. Um, we raised $2,900, so, and this year I varied the amount of money by the number of people in the family, which the f- support worker thought was a good idea. There were 14 families, and they got from $100 to, I think, $400 in their cards from the church. So that was a great success. They're very grateful at the school for this continued um, support of their families that struggle. So thank you to all of you who contributed for that. And then Christmas breakfast, that. What am I forgetting? Oh, a pathway of lights. We We handed out more than 150 drinks to folks going by the corner down here um, during the Pathway of Lights last Sabbath. It was The Pathway of Lights was from 4.30 to 7.30, so we were out there that amount of time, plus a little maybe. And I estimate that, you know, it was, it was cold and drizzly. I'm kind of amazed by all the Seattleites that went by. I'm guessing that about 500 people went past our tables, because not everyone in each group, you know, the groups, maybe a third of the people third to a quarter of the people would have a drink, but the other people would stop and we would hand them flyers for the Christmas concert and chat with them. And we saw lots of fun lights, um, kids with um, lit angel wings and dogs with lights around their necks and people with Christmas lights around their necks. It was very fun. Um, it was drizzly, but a lot of people were out. So thank you to all of you who helped. Um, we thought it was a great success. Elise and I thought that people were more receptive to getting drinks and getting flyers this year. They were quite excited about the Christmas concert. So a great success. And thank you to everyone who participated. And we didn't freeze to death. It was fine. And I will invite you to greet one another and pass the peace.
Before my invocation this morning, I just want to briefly say thank you to everyone that made the Candlelight Christmas concert possible last night. It was lovely to be here in a, in a full sanctuary and worshiping together. And briefly as well, I really appreciated my Sabbath school class this morning, and it was so good that I was delayed for the, the start. So thank you, Pastor Raven, for helping to cover. And it is good to be able to worship together this morning. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, my prayer this morning, as we are in the heart of the Christmas season, and there's still busyness back and forth with all of the events, may we enter into the peace that you promise. May we keep our eyes on you and have the perfect peace promised in Isaiah 26.3. May we have rejuvenation and rest. And as we continue to reflect on the meaning of this season, may you comfort us and fill us with your joy and presence. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Let your light shine, let your spirit soar. Throw upon your mind, hand over your heart, here it comes love. It shines in the darkness, it sings in the shadows, it will not cower and cannot be contained. It was the hope of the saints, the call of the prophets. It was the fire in the belly of John the Baptist. It was in the faith and love of his mother Elizabeth, and in the courage of Jesus' mother Mary. Lamp in the shadow, beacon on the hill, star in the night sky. Love, you lead us home. On this fourth Sabbath of Advent, we light candle for love. May it light the way. Despise the 
to see all of you here, especially given that many of us were up very late last night. So thank you for coming in this morning. Um, it is my honor today to talk to you about offering. Ken built this up a lot because Pastor McClarty came up and did an offering call. And then last week we had Alvin and he's like, we're building up and you have to be the finale for our project for the housing ministry. I don't know if I could quite meet that expectation, but I will say um, this week's offering is for the local church budget, which helps us put on things like the Christmas concert that we enjoyed last night. Um, And we are still collecting funds for the housing ministry, which has been a blessing for so many people. Um, And Ken rightly pointed out that the Lambeth family name is not on... (laughs) the list so far of people who've donated. So if you are like us and you've been figuring out how to like shuffle your money around, if you have anything left at the end for giving, please consider the housing ministry and also the church budget. Um, Please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessings that you give us. Thank you for caring for us and watching over us and giving us a beautiful space that we can pray in and gather together and also worship you. And thank you so much that we have the added blessing of a housing ministry that helps people who are in need, um, who are suffering and have no place to stay as their loved ones are in the hospital. Please um, help us gather money for these ministries and continue going. And we ask for a blessing on these offerings. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hello, happy Sabbath. What holiday is coming up? Christmas is coming up. What is something that you enjoy about Christmas? Neva. The presents? Oh, who would like a present? Would someone like a present? All right, Andrew, do you, would you like a present? I have a present in here for you. Hold on one second. Here is an onion. Oh, I know. Oh, no. I see the look on your face. Hold on. So sorry. So sorry. Hold on one second. There you go. <laughs> oh, is that good? Yeah. Anyone else want a present? Who else wants a present? All right. Mira. Here is a weed I found in my garden. There you go. Who else would like a present? Anyone want a present? Oh, okay. Neva wants a present. Here is a stick that our dog chewed up. There you go. Lily, would you like a present? All right. Don't worry. I've got presents in here. Let's see. Ah, yes. Let's see. Oh, man, this one is a little bit tricky to find. Likes to move around a little bit. There we go. Here is a wood chip I found in my shoe. Anyone else like one? Who would like a present? (laughs) Sierra would like a present. All right. I have something just special for you. Hold on, hold on. Here is a Brussels sprout. (laughs) Organic. Anyone else want a present? Oh, okay, yeah. That's all right, all right. You want a new present? Ungrateful. All right, hold on one second. Here is a muddy rock. You're welcome. All right. Oh, wow. I'm the best present giver in the world, huh? Are these the best presents you've ever gotten? No. What are you talking about? You know, actually, there is a passage in the Bible that talks about present giving where (laughs) you like that good. (laughs) See, creative thinking. Andrew's going to use his onion in a soup. Or you could just eat it like an apple. I don't know, whatever you want. But in the Bible, it says to ask God for what we want. And he will bless us. And it's during the time when he's talking about the Sermon on the Mount and asking for justice and peace and that people who have nothing will be built up. And we can pray for these things. And God said, who among you, if your child asked for bread, would give them a rock? Apparently me, but maybe not anyone else, hopefully. And who among you would, when your child asked for an egg, give them a snake? You should be grateful. I couldn't find any snakes, so I had to settle for these. But the good thing is is that God is a much better present giver than me. And so I hope this holiday season that we can pray for justice and peace, that we can be humble and bring love into the world. All right, thank you so much. Grab your blue buckets, and we can pick up the offering. Thank you.
Dear God, thank you so much that you know how to give us good gifts and that if you ask, if we ask, you listen. And we ask that you bless the poor, that you bless those who mourn during this holiday season. We ask that you bless those who hunger and thirst for justice. Help us be one of them. We ask that you bless those whose hearts are pure. Bless those who work for peace. Bless those who are persecuted for doing right. Lord, thank you for this community that can pray together, love together, cry together, and praise and sing music together. We ask you to be with those of us in our community who are hurting or in need or sick at this moment. And thank you, Lord, for giving us each other. Please help us to reach out and help those who are lonely during this time of year. In Jesus' name, amen. The New Testament reading is from John three sixteen to 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Oh. 
New Testament reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 11. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in the mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. May the Lord bless the hearing of the word.
Is there more of that cake, Mom? My daughter asked. Just keep washing the dishes, pretend you didn't hear. Mom, is there more of that cake? Yep, but only one piece left. Stefan and I often joke that our greatest display of sacrificial love for our children doesn't come in the 3 a.m. feedings, the cleaning up puke, or playing Candyland for the zillionth time. It comes in the sharing of our food. For Stefan, that means handing over large chunks of blue cheese, and for me, it's dessert. I begrudgingly scoop the last piece of cake, coconut cake with buttercream frosting, mind you, onto a mini mouse plate. I open the fridge to grab the milk, and that's when I saw it, my saving grace, a small Tupperware with leftover frosting. I was taking no chances. As soon as Charlotte got started on her cake, I grabbed that Tupperware and a spoon and headed straight for the bathroom. I shamelessly closed and locked the door and enjoyed every bite. As I sat in the bathroom, I began thinking about my ridiculous behavior over the past few years. Some of it out of intense head over heels love. Some of it of sheer exhaustion, the kind where I'd give up my kidney for five minutes without a baby on my hip and a toddler at my knees. And as soon as I started to wonder, I thought about my mother's own ridiculous displays of love and exhaustion. Did my mom ever eat dessert in the bathroom? Did my mom ever sit on the floor of my room, staring through the bars of my crib to watch me sleep? Did she ever skip the pages in the really long, boring stories? And wait, did she really want that last piece of cake? God says that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But what does the word love really mean? In English, it's a little unclear and it holds a lot of meanings. But I love the example that the Bible Project gives. They say, you can love your mom and you can love pizza. But if the word love means the same in both scenarios, your mom's going to feel real bad. The word we're looking at today is love. Love is a word with no bounds and many meanings. It is something we have to be careful with, and yet some say we should also be reckless with how we show it. In the Greek, there are quite a few words for love, but today we're looking at agape love. You've probably heard it defined before as brotherly love, which is a fine translation, but love is not something easily defined. This word agape comes from a Hebrew word, and when the people were translating it, they weren't going into a dictionary to find out what the word love or agape meant. They learned what it was by looking at the teachings of Jesus and his life story to redefine the concept of love. They understood that nothing else mattered if we do not have love. A loving person has learned to be patient, the Bible Project says. 
patient, kind, hopeful, enduring. A loving person turns away from all forms of violence or coercion and refuses to entertain jealous, boastful, arrogant, rude, selfish, or quick-tempered thoughts and behaviors. We can be really good at loving people, but of course sometimes we fall short in an area or two. Some of us are not always patient, not always kind. Some of us are quick-tempered. And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 13 that sometimes there is the most love in the things that we do not understand. Uh, Verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. But this important bit, which is my favorite verse... For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. Instead of this agape love being a brotherly love, or one that only the Father is capable of, I read this love and I think about a motherly love. One like the story that I read to you. In the end, that woman, Joy Becker, writes, But Jesus tends to remind me of truth in my messiest moments. And today, he is reminding me that he never stops giving his best over and over. He never grows tired, and in fact, I think he finds great joy in it. Isn't that one of the best parts about motherhood? We begin to grasp just how crazy Christ is about us. And we begin this transformation process where we find joy in giving our best over and over. To love over and over again, freely and joyfully. In a recent film on Netflix called Leave the World Behind, it shows the lives of a family having to grapple with the challenges and sudden loss of modern conveniences like internet, GPS, cell service. And it shows just how much we depend on technology and class. In the film, the family was not able to get into town, not able to contact anybody, and with no messages from the outside about what's going on, even on a satellite phone, it became very scary. And it certainly made me imagine what it might be like in the end times. I think about the title of the movie, Leave the World Behind, and I'm reminded of the story of the rich young ruler. Jesus says to him, you know the commandments. And the man responds, yes, teacher. I have kept all of those things since my youth. But then it says, looking at him, Jesus showed love to him and said to him, one thing you lack, 
Go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. He tells him to leave everything behind, leave the world behind, and follow Jesus. And to Jesus, that's an obvious answer. But there's this little tidbit as I was reading that stood out to me. It says, Jesus showed love to him and said to him. But why did they add that detail in? They could have just wrote, and Jesus said to him, give up your possessions and come and follow me. But he didn't. He had to include that special part, and Jesus showed love to him. And I thought, wouldn't it be such a God thing if that word love in Greek was the agape love that we're talking about today? And so I pulled up the Greek, and sure enough, it is Jesus showing that agape love, the love that isn't a choice, not out of attraction or obligation, because it all comes back to love God and love your neighbor. Because agape love is not a simple love. It is a love that calls us back. It is a love that we do in return to love one another. To love is to leave everything behind. In an older but popular Christmas time film, Home Alone exhibits a great example of love, forgiveness, and self-sacrifice. A large family of 11 kids and four adults decide that they're going to go to Paris for Christmas. And in the rush of 11 kids, they leave one behind, and that is the youngest named Kevin. He gets left behind, and the family, of course, only realizes this halfway on their flight to Paris. And the mother is stuck trying to figure out how she's going to get home to her son, Kevin. She's left with little chances but standby flights and hitchhiking a ride with a bunch of band geeks. But through Kevin's loneliness, he learns to actually miss his family and wishes to have them back for Christmas. The mom's determination to get back to her son shows the willingness of personal sacrifice and undying love towards her son. The mother looks past all of Kevin's misbehavior, his mistake, his pranks, and, he, and she sees only her love for him. Just as Christ's love for us isn't contingent upon our misbehavior. Christ sent his son Jesus to earth for all of humanity, sent Jesus as a personal sacrifice for our sins. Christ did this, of course, because of God's unconditional love for us, both showing the example of sacrifice and unconditional love for their children. So keep allowing the grace of God to teach you what it means to love like crazy. To love is to sacrifice. Love originates in God's character. It pours out of God. It is not a duty. It does not have an end or a beginning. It is just one of the strongest things that God feels for us. And yet, it's also an action. It's not just a feeling. It's something that God does on the daily Similar to humans because, of course, we love because God first loved us. 
God has made many heavy sacrifices for us because of love and in the name of love. Most of the time, we have taken that for granted, and we actually abuse or take advantage of God's love for us. And I could get into the many examples of what we do day to day that is taking advantage of that, but rather I remind you of the greatest sacrifice of all. God sent Jesus as a son to Mary and Joseph. God gave, their, God gave his true love to be sent down to earth with all of the corruption and the sin and the mayhem. It's sort of like when your child starts to make friends with the bad influence in the class. You're not going to encourage that. You're probably not going to allow sleepovers with your kids with that person. The kid that causes mischief at every corner, the kid that's been suspended and moved schools twice, you don't want your kid to be friends with that kid, and you'll interfere with every interaction if you can help it. Christ giving up his son to the world is kind of like that kid you don't want your kid to be friends with. And God did that willingly and lovingly, purely for us. Matthew 27, in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him, he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Jesus absolutely could have chose otherwise. But through that big, beautiful, oozing out of his pores agape love for us, he did it because he loved us and he still loves us. God sent the ultimate sacrifice. He sent his ultimate love, the heaping agape love down to earth to save us and to show us just how by your side he is for you.
hands with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are here today. We thank you for loving us, for sending the ultimate sacrifice because you love us. We pray in this Advent season as we are ending the year but approaching a new one that you would remind us of your love and that we would exhibit it always. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.